Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. episode of Lady of the Road. My name is Artemarine. I am coming to you from my bougie garage in Los Angeles, California. My podcast host, who is normally here with me, is still in England, Miss Julianne Robinson, being all fancy, filming some secret project. But I have to say, I am not sad at all at who my co-pilot is. The wind beneath my wings. The woman who has been on so many journeys with me, podcasting all over friendship and work combined. Um, She is the host of Ethnically Ambiguous. She is my podcast producer and my friend, ladies and gentlemen, Anna Hosnier. Thank you for having me on this glorious day. It's a pleasure. You look really cute in your spring wear. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, um, I'm about to bring on our guest and I'm going to say I've now known you for eight years. Nine years. Yeah, around We've then. been around a lot of celebrities. I have never seen you fangirl out harder than when we were at Lacey Mosley's birthday party, 4th of July. I will say I kept my cool. I know, but, but I inside. will also say Miles Gray and I turned around and were like, 
Look at us. No, literally. And like, so this is also where I met our guest. But you were, and I was like, oh my God, she's so cool. And then you were like, Arden, Arden, that's Francesca Ramsey. That's Francesca. Like, all I knew was like, here's this person with like really on point, fun colored mm-hmm. eyeliner, yes. looking so cute at this like, this party where Lacey's mom yelled at hills. me. In the hills. <laughs> where she was sticking her landing. Lacey knows how to throw a party. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that, no, you were like, Oh my God, like be cool. That's Francesca Ramsey. Okay, so yes, if you, if you that's guys. That's true. No, literally. So do you need to know that? And she like. I had no idea. She works. She I like, know, I'm like really, I'm pretty cool. She like runs Will Ferrell's podcast. She runs Chelsea Handler's podcast. Like, she's around, losers. She, losers. She is literally like, that's fucking Francesca Ramsey. If you guys don't know Francesca, or if you do, let me just re, let me reestablish um. her creds, okay? She's an author, a television writer, a comedian, an actor, an activist, a video blogger with over 29 million views, according to your website. Uh, You're currently a writer for the TV show iCarly with Lacey Mosley and our friend Jerry Trainer. Um, You are uh, a former writer and contributor for The Nightly Show with Larry Wilmore on Comedy Central, the host of the MTV News web series Decoded. You're the author of the book that I am holding in my hand that I read and loved uh, called Well, That Escalated Quickly, Memoirs and Mistakes of an Accident dental activist. Uh, you're an actor who's appeared on Superstore and Broad City, amongst other things. But your claim to fame... <laughs> oh my God. Your claim to fame... And this is what is like... I mean, as if that's not enough. All of that is more than enough, can I just say, Dr. Banana. Yeah. <laughs> she made this viral, this video. So she was already like... Uh, like, a, we can get into this more. We'll get into more details. But she had been, like, making videos, mm-hmm. comedy videos, hair tutorials. Like, she was already building up a following. And, like, lightning in a bottle happened. She, in 2012, her video, Shit, White Girls Say to Black Girls, went viral. And in 24 hours, I'm getting chill. So she was working at Ann Taylor as a graphic designer. Shout out to Ann Taylor. Shout out. Reasonably <laughs> yeah. priced, as yes. you said. Reasonably priced. Make shoes up to what size? Uh, a size 12. I'm a size 11. Thank so you, honey. The Bigfoot sisterhood. It's hard out here. <laughs> Thank you. Shoes out to size. Re- great accessories. Yes. Um, this video, she posted this video, and overnight, it got 1.5 million views in 24 hours. And then in five days, it got 5 million views. Um, it also, at the time it posted, it took a few days, she beat out Justin Bieber. Who? For the most, Never I've, heard of him. For the most watched video <laughs> on YouTube. And then within that week, um, she got an agent and she got, she was, uh, got an audition for Saturday Night Live, which is like terrifying to like yeah. have like have a spur of the moment SNL. <laughs> and also was featured on Anderson Cooper I gotta tell you, holy cow, what a ride. Yeah. Our new friend, Francesca Ramsey. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you so much. Wow. What an intro. That I, was so thorough. It was thorough, but it's also like, I think, just a testament. Like, I was definitely drawn to you, mm. but it was a testament to just reading your book. Anna and I are workhorses. Yeah. Like, we love to work. Yeah. And now we're also, we should also just full disclosure for our listeners at home. We're all in the cult of Brent. We all take tennis from the same So we're all trying to get balance. (laughs) But but one of the things, like, reading from the get-go, your work ethic, like, 
doing the hair videos, doing the comedy videos, applying for all, you kept winning all these contests. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I am very type A. Like I love a schedule. I love a checklist. I love to be able to plan for things and get them done. Um, it's been a part of my personality for as long as I can remember. And I didn't know that it would lead me to where I am. But now that I'm here, I'm like, oh, yeah, like I actually did work really hard to get here. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you appreciate this, too. Lots of people want to work in entertainment and they're kind of like, what's the secret? And there's no secret. You have to work very, very hard or be somebody's famous sister. Yes. I'm an only child. So (laughs) this was what it was going to be. I got to do the work myself. Well, that's true. Like, it seems to me that it's like, like talent plus luck plus. Perseverance. Plus perseverance because any, I also feel like. Anybody can get a first lucky out of the give, like then to then be able to sustain a career. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's going to magically just pluck you and do no, something. You, and you have to have so much belief in yourself because you have to, again, preaching in the choir here, you just get so many no's. And yeah. especially on the internet where you can see what everybody is saying about right. you. Yeah. And like for me, that's been like that's a big part of what my book is about. It's been this push and pull of like being accessible. And, and engaging with the audience, but also like trying to keep that from getting in your head because you will see people say like, they don't deserve, you don't deserve it. You're not good enough. This person's better, blah, blah, blah. And you have to consistently push against that and be like, no, I am good enough. Like I, I should, des- I should get this thing or, and not take it personally when something doesn't work out. Cause it doesn't mean that you're not good enough. It just means like you weren't right for that thing or yeah. that person didn't see the vision and Ooh, there's many a times that I have not had that, but you know, I've gotten there. That really struck me reading your book. I felt protective of you. I felt like how just you're talking about the re- reaction of people of so many things. Of like, and it felt like there was almost. I would imagine we could talk like in a little bit about going viral, but like it must have been like thrilling, but also somewhat lonely. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so interesting because. I that viral video happened in 2012 and so much has happened since of then. Course. Like going viral is not really a big deal anymore. Like a- anyone who has a TikTok account, if you if you post pretty consistently, you're going to have one that goes viral, right? Or you're going to have a viral tweet if you're on Twitter a fair amount. So now everybody's like, I had a minute where I was like famous for a second. But in 2012, like that was just it was life-changing. No one around me knew how to help me. No yeah. one, and my coworkers didn't even know I made YouTube videos. You know, it was just, it did feel really alienating. And then what was so funny is for a few years after that, I was the friend that people called when they went viral. Right. Like they would call me and be like, what do I do? Yeah. How do I leverage this moment? Uh, and now, again, the, the, the landscape is so saturated. There are so many full-time influencers. Yeah. And in 2012, it wasn't really like that. People yeah. – there were definitely people who were making a living from it. Yeah. But not the way that we're, we're seeing now where, you know, you come out with a viral video and now you come out with merch and you have a song and you, like, go do collabs and you – there's, like, a, a recipe for what you're supposed to do now. In 2012, especially because I had a regular job. Yeah. Nobody was advising me. I I was truly just kind of like figuring it out on my own. I know Anna, you were you watched her videos before. Like you were already were you already like aware of Francesca before this 
Um, no, I think I saw the viral video mm-hmm. because it was like towards the end of my college career. And then I moved to L.A. and then I would hear you on the read. Oh. And then that's kind of how I became really started to become more familiar with your work. And then I would start watching more of your videos. Oh, and cool. then um, and then I yeah. And then you went you were I saw you start to become a correspondent on Larry Wilmore mm-hmm. show. And then, yeah, I, I mean, I've just always followed your career because I feel like I was like. I was starting to get more into YouTube and watching that content. And like, that was always fun. Cause you know, we were in such a time where it's like, so you were learning to like share things yeah. with your friends and being like sharing humor and like, you know, just all this different stuff that you, you wanted to be like, Oh my God, you gotta see this funny video on YouTube, which now you're <laughs> like, I share like 20 memes a day to my friends on Instagram. Right. TikTok, you know, so it's like it was such an early time. And it really like, was. I was really interested in comedy and like working in comedy. So it was like, you know, I remember like being one of the first people like send my friends YouTube videos to be like, this person's really funny on YouTube. It was a very different time. You're so right. It's it's almost like a love language now to send yeah. memes to people. Right. You know, and like, I have friends who are entire iMessage thread is just yeah. memes <laughs> and, and, and videos and things like that. And at that time... It was really kind of like, whoa, someone sent me a video? Like, mm-hmm. what is this? Was it before Instagram? Um, Instagram, I think, was out. Was but out, I yeah. wasn't, like, very active on it. Right. I don't know. It just – it's strange because this year marks 10 years That's exactly that I, that I made that video. And, I mean, my life just changed so, so much. But, again, the whole landscape of the internet has changed because if you think about it, the way that we talk about – identity and social justice and and like micro like all of these things that yeah. are kind of in the zeitgeist now in yeah 2012 it was not I mean Anderson Cooper did a whole segment about like was my video racist to white people that literally <laughs> like, reading I mean I'm glad that we did it it was like yeah. incredible but at the same time looking back it's like that was 10 years ago and we were like I know we were like what's going on like explain to me why why her wearing a blonde wig is like not racist yeah. <laughs> it was it was like a totally different time and that you were kind of all by yourself out there like oh yeah I I truly and and like not to give myself all the credit because there are lots of people having these conversations but it's wild to me to watch TikTok and I'm like all these people of all different backgrounds are breaking down like all of this cool identity shit and like talking so frankly and so honestly about their struggles and like breaking shit down and I'm like yo 10 years ago people wanted to have my fucking head for this and now people are building like full ass careers off of it and getting millions of views and it's it's really really cool i'm glad that we're in that place because let me tell you oh my, i can't even imagine i mean truly like <laughs> i was terrified i can't yeah. even imagine because oh, yeah. also like you know you're just you know making your videos working hard i yeah. I, I loved how you were even saying auditioning for snl like it was hard because you know you had been doing open mics, but then you realized because you ha- you had a good work ethic and you had a full time job as a graphic yeah. designer, you couldn't go stay out all night. No. And so, and I wasn't doing UCB. Like uh, uh, there was just so much I didn't know. Like I went to acting school and I right. left, but when I moved to New York, like I didn't have a comedy community. Yes. I had some friends from school. I didn't know kind of like what the 
the path was if you wanted to go to SNL. I now know that there's yeah. lots of different ways, but generally it's like you go to UCB, mm-hmm. you take all the classes, yeah. you do the showcases, you do – you join a house team, you do all these things. So I got thrown in with people who had been practicing their whole lives for this. Yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> I've been like photoshopping Demi Moore's face at Ann Taylor. I mean, truly, <laughs> like, yeah. that, like that whole portion of your book, every aspect of it, of here's this woman – who's been working really hard, but like her day job is as a graphic designer at Ann Taylor. Yeah. I worked a full day of work and then I went and did my SNL audition and like, and then I filmed Anderson Cooper. I was like leaving on my lunch break to go on auditions. I was doing coffee runs to talk on the phone with prospective managers. I just like didn't know how to (laughs) do anything. It feels like a movie. I mean, it really feels you could make a movie. I feel like there could be some kind of like, I don't know. I feel like this could be a Netflix or Hulu movie of like this because you're it it almost is like you won a contest or like like it was like overnight your life. I felt so protective of you in various angles in that, I mean, the SNL is the least of it. Like, the SNL, I auditioned for SNL. I also didn't go, like, I'd done I.O., but I was not a groundling. I did not do Second City. I did not. I happened to just make a tape in my living room. Mm-hmm. I got flown to New York. And then I was, like, on the stage. I didn't know I was getting mic'd and put through hair and makeup. And so I... I had never done those characters in front yeah. of anyone except for the person that just filmed them in my living room. Yeah, it, it's it is interesting how we're in a time right now that you can go Google and you can see people's SNL tapes. Oh God, yeah. you can go watch. But I'm just saying that, yeah. like, for somebody who wants to do that, yeah, they can do all of the homework now. Yeah. Which is, I, I will say, like, I try to be. Um, cautious when people ask me, you know, like, how do you do it? Right. Because there's so much information now. That's right. It's easily accessible and free uh, to find out. Whereas, you know, when you were auditioning, when I was auditioning, like, I, I yeah. had no idea what I was I supposed to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> and then that was like, did you, that was the Anderson Cooper thing also that same day? No, it wasn't the same but day. It, aired. It, it was like, I think I, so. The video went viral G- January 4th, and I think I taped Anderson Cooper like the 10th or the 11th. Wow. But, okay, I had no agent. I had no publicist. I had no manager. Oh, my God. I did my own fucking makeup. Yeah, you wore a Target dress. I wore a dress cute. from Target. Like, yes. I was truly yeah. like, I don't know what yes. I'm doing. I'm right. about to go on TV. Oh, <laughs> my God. I just didn't. I love you. I, I just... love her. I love her. <laughs> I just didn't know. And I'm – I – I'm so appreciative because I, it really was a life-changing moment for yeah. me. I did not know it at the time, and I'm I'm so fortunate that I somehow was able to, like, string a sentence together and still be funny and be honest, even though, like, I genuinely was not prepared. I just, yes. I just had no – I didn't get to see the questions beforehand. I knew nothing. So um, – and now it would be a totally different interview if, of I, if I did it, it today. And, yeah. I mean, and hopefully it would be different just just reading the book and, like, for, for the people at home who don't know the context of, like, what your video came out of, mm-hmm. there was a video that went viral, like, super-duper viral. Yeah, called Shit Girls Say. Called Shit Girls yeah. Say. And it was this comedian. It was this dude in a wig. Mm-hmm. And he was doing fairly innocuous – like, you know, it was – 
vaguely misogynistic, but harmless enough that it was fun. It was sort of fun yeah. and light, and it just went, people, like, went crazy. It was huge. It was huge. It was huge. Juliette Lewis was in it? Yeah. I, mean, yeah, it, I remember and that's, that. I'm like, rewatch it today. I was like, like, holy, holy that's Juliette Lewis. Like, how was she in this? It was just, <laughs> yeah. and it was like his first yeah. video. And yeah. it was like, and it was, but he would say stuff that was very sort of harmless, like, can you hand me that? Can you hand me Like, you know, so then, he, it just took off. Mm-hmm. And so then all these parodies popped up. And the one, like, everyone was quickly trying to figure out, like, what's my angle? Like, there's yeah. all these ones. And then the one that popped the most was called Shit Black Girl Stay. It was about, he was posted by a stand up comedian named Bill Sorrells, who was doing a stereotypical black girl named Peaches, who liked blinging sunglasses and uh, like uh, basketball wives. Mm-hmm. And he had jokes about like domestic violence. But- oh, yeah. I mean, it was pretty. It was, like, super over the top. And I remember, yeah. like, it was funny. Yeah. But I, you know, I was working this graphic design job. I was the only black girl that worked on my floor. Right. And, like, all my white coworkers were watching this and cracking up. And right. I was just like, this is making me uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, I, again, at that time, I did not have the language to express why. I just was like, I'm not like that girl. I'm not like that character. Yeah. And I don't know why you guys are finding this funny and it doesn't feel like laughing with with him. It feels like laughing at this like, oh my God, yeah, black girls are like that. Yeah. Um, and so it really got me thinking like, I want to do one. And, and everyone was doing them and they were all doing well, even if they were like not that great or they were super niche, like shit lactose intolerant moms with three <laughs> right. kids say. And like there was an audience for that. Yeah, like, That's so, so true. That's so true. <laughs> I do I do love lactose. Yeah, like, oh my God. It, I do shit when I have dairy by accident. These do go badly it's like yeah so I was just like what am I gonna do what am I gonna do um so that was 2011 and I was I went home for Christmas I went home for Christmas and I went my I went to a performing arts high school we're all still very tight I'm friends with lots of people I went to high school with and we have this reunion party every Christmas went to the reunion party and it was for many people the first time that they had seen me with locks with dreadlocks and so there were as everybody got drunk because I was the designated driver I was not drinking right as people got drunker just everything came out let me touch it is it yours blah 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 and I was like holy shit this is the video and I like yes. made a little list on my iPhone that I still have you yeah. do I do I don't I keep everything I um, love that yeah and so it just it was born out of that it was truly I knew I wanted to do something I just wasn't sure what and I was a little nervous because I thought well shit white girls say two black girls is different from the original the original is shit blank say. Yeah. And I was really worried that mine wouldn't work because of that. But in 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 a many ways it worked because it was different. Yeah. It kind of like breathed new life into the meme. And then suddenly people started say doing shit girls say to gay guys, right? Like yeah. shit white people say to Latinas or whatever it is. And so that kind of started this new evolution. And Again, like if you look at TikTok, all the front facing comedy videos, like it's all that same style, like quick cuts of yes. like people just doing um, a take on something, right? Yeah. Where we're like, you know, when your mom does this and it's just like a bunch of one liners. Yes. Like that yeah. style was really bred out of like the shit girl say meme. And and so it's really cool to see how it's evolved now. Well, and and it just exploded. Oh, my God. It was it was nuts. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come right back and keep talking about it. 
Can I give you a real incentive to lean into your decision to start working out and eating better? I'm Carl, co-founder of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll give you 65% off. Look, I know it's not easy to get fit and lose weight, especially if you're trying to figure it out by yourself, but we make it simple. Just follow a program for 20 to 30 minutes day by day and lose 5 to 10 pounds a month. We have over 120 programs that have been tested and proven to work, and almost 300,000 five-star reviews in the App Store to prove it. Body also has complete eating plans and thousands of healthy, delicious recipes. So stop guessing and start seeing results with Body, and I'll give you 65% off your annual membership right now so you save big on the app that CNN underscored named Best Fitness App. So don't wait. Sign up for a year of Body and save 65%. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I dot com. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. So here we are. We're talking about going viral overnight. And, you know, it was just interesting reading about, like, how hard he'd been working, you know, that you had been gaining followers, you had attraction, like, but there was something about, you know, the, the his video combined with, you. I mean, your the video's fantastic. Your video's fantastic. Thanks. But it's also the truth of your experience, mm-hmm. like that that cuts through that that like and that everything that was said in the video is something that had been said. To yeah, you. <laughs> it's yeah. just horrifying. I mean, it just I think it's it's I'm so proud of it because it started some really necessary conversations. Yeah. And I think what was hard for a lot of people and myself at the time, because, again, if you watch the Anderson Cooper interview, oh. like I'm I'm struggling to really 
explain like the phenomenon, which now many people understand to be microaggressions, right? These yeah. unintentional things that people say right. to marginalized folks of all backgrounds, right? You know, whether it be, oh, you're, I don't really like, I'm not a, a girl's girl, right? Like right. I, I like hanging with guys, like things that people are saying with the purpose of being a compliment, but like they're still kind of undercutting and, right. and pointing yeah. out that you're different or you're better than the others, right? Or something about your identity is unexpected, right? Yeah. So. I was saying these things knowing they made me uncomfortable, but like just not really understanding how to explain what was happening. Right. Um, And so, yeah, I didn't – to me, I thought, well, this is about me growing up in West Palm Beach and often being the only black girl in the room. I didn't realize that it was the experience of like black people everywhere, people of color everywhere, queer folks. Like There were just so many people reaching out to me that are like, I live in Idaho and I'm the only black girl and this is exactly what I go through. (laughs) Or or like, I'm in college right now. And I was just like, whoa, this is so weird. I had no idea. Wow. Um, And so again, like, it's really cool that we're now in this place that you can go online and see so many different types of people speaking really authentically about their experience. And maybe you live somewhere where you don't know any queer people or you right, don't. Right. Literally, there are people who live in, in communities where there's no one else that doesn't look like them. Right. And now you can go online and see like sketches and vlogs and video <laughs> essays from people. Um, and it feels really cool to have in some small way, like been a part of that. Absolutely. I think, you know, one of the, one of the, um, one of my favorite quotes and what Anna and I were t- we were talking about one of the things that it really touched me and then she was saying this is why she started her podcast but one of the things again just talking to like the honesty of your experience and the stuff that has resonated with people comes from some true part of like just owning your corner of the world mm-hmm. like owning your experience i loved the phrase be who you needed when you were younger yeah like yeah. that anna was that's why you started yeah, yeah, that's why I started Ethnically Ambiguous with my co-host, because it was like, I was the only Persian girl growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't look like anyone else. Um, no one understood even what Iran was. And it was just like, as a what, fourth grader, you're like yeah. trying to be like, well, <laughs> yeah. something you need to understand, you know? Like, <laughs> so, and then oh like, God. there was another Persian girl who moved into the neighborhood and went to school with me and looked exactly like me. And <gasps> everyone was like, your cousin came. Oh my God. Or one guy, I remember a teacher being like, your twin's in my class. It's oh my so God. good to have her. And I was like, we're oh. not related. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. And at that age, like you don't know how to explain yeah. to an adult. Like no. I had those situations too. I remember I got, I think I was in like fourth grade and I got braids yeah. and my, I came to school and my uh, history teacher was like, you look like Whoopi Goldberg. Oh my God. And I was like, what? Oh my God. First of all, I'm a third grader. Yeah. yeah. Second of all, Whoopi Goldberg doesn't have eyebrows. Okay? Yeah. Like, in what world do I look like this woman? Yeah. But like... Yeah. And I re- it's so wild because I um like I've journaled since I was a kid. Do you yeah. keep them? I have all of them and my mom actually shipped a bunch to me and I was looking through them and I wrote about this moment that wow. I had gotten these braids and I yeah. was like everyone at school is being so crazy about my hair. Right. And I was reading it like I didn't know like why it was making me right. uncomfortable but I yeah. knew it was. Um and so yeah, like to now be making a show for the person who 
you know, doesn't quote unquote fit into a box. Like yeah. right. that it's almost like taking your power back from yes. that little yeah. girl who was like, that's not my cousin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And truly like I didn't, I remember it's such a clear memory of this teacher saying it to me and me just shaking my head and running away. Cause I did oh, not know how no. to process what he was saying and me being like, that's not, sh-. I mean, it, which is funny because I did re- go up to her and be like, do you want to be friends? Everyone no. thinks we're related. And she's like, everyone thinks you're my twin. I'm like, I know. Which Are you now, still friends? Yeah, we're still friends. Because in the neighborhood, that's all you had. Like to a point where also my parents reached out to her parents was like, hey, we should be like, you don't want to be insulated as like the only Iranians. Like we're also here. Let's all be friends. So like we did, you know, we all, you know, and the Iranians you do, you find yourself in the neighborhood and you become friends. But like it was like really it and and that's you know, the only other Iranian person I ever saw on TV was Christian Amanpour. Who was only half Iranian, so I was. Mm-hmm. But to me, I was like, "That's it. I want to be. I want to be like her. She's a journalist. She's great. She knows what she's talking about. Really? She's so smart. She has, she's on CNN. And, You're you know, doing it. Look and, at you. And so I always. That's all I ever knew. Mm-hmm. Christian Amanpour. Do you think being like this badass producer at iHeart so it has something to do like with like? Do you think? I mean, yeah. I mean, I always really looked up to her. Now, let's say the politics are a little <laughs> right, 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 central right. Sure, for sure. me. But like, like, you know, still like I only saw her. And so to me, I was like, well, that's it. That's all we have. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then I decided we wanted to do a show or, you know, where you could like be like, you're not alone. Like yeah. we went through everything you went yeah. through. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that so much. Yeah. It's really it's always incredibly flattering and heartwarming when people reach out and they say, because I did a post. To, to commemorate 10 years and kind yeah. of like a little retrospective. And it was so cool just getting so many messages that were like, oh, my God, I needed this when I was in high yeah. school. Yeah. And I was in college or I showed this to my coworkers and we started a conversation. And um, yeah. when I s- stumbled on that be who you needed when you were younger oh, quote, I, I was that. like, OK, this is kind of like the ethos of the work that I'm doing. I love that. Even if it's just like silly and ridiculous mm-hmm. and doesn't necessarily have like a quote unquote message. Yeah. I feel like even just seeing a quirky black girl who, yes. you know, like yeah. dresses a certain way and is artistic and like does all these different things, like someone needs to see that so that to give them the permission and the freedom to like explore lots of different things. Yeah. I I'm a huge believer in that. And that you I I've all you got you gotta see it to be it. Mm-hmm. If you don't see examples of, you know, in a much different way, I remember I remember going I got an internship at Conan in college. It was the first year it was on. And like, there was not one woman in the writer's room. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, I wanted to go like be on stuff, like, but there was no one there. And yeah. I felt like the path was like, oh, maybe I could like go be like an assistant or like, but like when you, when you're in an environment where you don't see anybody that looks like it's like oh that's not for me that's not for us and so for you that it doesn't even like yeah just living your life and Mm -hmm. being like like taking up space and like the importance of some little girl or some grown woman maybe some maybe somebody older than you like who didn't see that but it's like oh I can be that too I think there's so much value of just claiming like the version of like the ownership of you in the world. Yeah. That's yeah. It. Look at you go. <laughs> well, one you. of the things I loved in your book was hearing about how, again, the hustle that anybody, look, not that most people don't go viral or whatever, but that like, you know, I know in this town, 
and I'm sure this is true in any industry. Like, I remember when my first job, it was, like, really easy to get to the first job. But then, like, there's that second wave of, like, oh, yeah, we already know her. Like, there's somebody – like, there's a new batch in town. Yeah. And, and it's, like, so you can't just sit around waiting to be plucked that, like, you kept – working and and trying different angles and doing different things. And then eventually, I love how you got decoded Mm -hmm. on MTV and that you were asked to try out for the Larry Wilmar show and that you didn't get it. Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting because, again, in hindsight, I'm like, wow, I don't know how I had the foresight to do those things. Mm -hmm. But I've always been the type of person who – is like, well, if you're not going to give me the opportunity, I'm just going to make something for myself. And so Decoded came out of me trying to pitch a television show and it not happening and MTV being like, hey, uh, you, would would you be interested in trying to develop a web series? And they paired me with a production company and we made Decoded. And uh, I was doing Decoded and Nightly Show was announced and I emailed my agents and I said, I have to, I got to audition for this. How do I, how do I get a chance to audition? So they did a showcase. I did the showcase, didn't get it. Uh, they were accepting tapes later on. I made a tape didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, got invited to be a guest um, because of Decoded. They saw Decoded and they were like, oh, maybe she could be on the panel. And I was I was so certain I couldn't do it. Uh, it was about the Republican debates. And I was like, oh, like this is not my forte. I'm yeah. not a – I was like, if we talk about identity, cool. But I was just like, I'm not really up on politics in that way. Not enough to like say something funny. And my producer at MTV was – Brendan Kennedy, who now works at Vox, and I, I I love him, or he works at Vice, excuse me, and uh, love him, has always been a champion of mine, and he was like, you have to do it. Yeah. I really believe this is going to be good for you. Um, Jordan Carlos was on the writing staff. I love him. And Jordan. I love him. And I, I texted Jordan, and I was like, shut up. I don't know what to do. And Jordan was like, yeah, come an hour early, Aww. and we'll sit down, and we'll talk it through. So He's I watched so the debates. Funny. He's so and funny. And I wrote a bunch of notes. You yeah. know, I remember, like, John Kasich was one of the people. And I was like, how the fuck do you say this guy's name? Like, kashik, kashik. Like, I just was, like, just trying to, what is this, right? Yeah. Jordan sat down with me. We kind of went over my joke. He kind of helped me craft them. I did the show and Larry was like, I heard him say like during the commercial break, he's like, who is this girl? Yeah. And I was just like, well, You're like, sir, yeah. I've been trying to get your attention. <laughs> yes. I was like, I've been trying sir. to get on this show. Sir, yeah. what you should ask. Awesome. I want to have some tapes ready for yeah. you, sir. But for me, it was really important to be open about that process because especially in entertainment, you see people's wins, especially in social media. You see everybody's wins. You don't see how many times they they failed right. or someone said no. Right. And in this instance, it was like that was the way I was supposed to get on the show. Obviously, the showcase that. and the tape submission were not the right way for me to go. They had to see me in person. And that's a totally different experience. And so I always encourage people that when things don't work out, it, you don't know in the moment. It's not till later that you can look back and be yes. like, oh, that was just not the way it was supposed to happen for me. Like, I think that's always such a it's such a good reminder in all areas of like the gifts of looking back of like the good things that might have come out of seeming roadblocks or like, you know, we've talked on the podcast about like. Like I had a lot of loss and a lot like when you add in when you, when you like doing things 
I've got going towards the light because maybe things aren't working out. Mm -hmm. And then like, and then you have this beautiful garden because you've gone towards the light Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't have had if everything had worked out. Like, or like if you hadn't had a loss. Yeah. I loved what you said in the book too, that the first thing Larry, when you, when Larry asked what you want, what job you wanted or what your dream was and what was your answer to him? I mean, I said I wanted to have his job, which I, <laughs> which I did at the time. I and, love that. And you know what? The, another great example of like, yeah, I thought I wanted to be a late night host. I had a late night comedy pilot at Comedy Central. You'd be a great I late was, night host. Well, and, and look, at the time, I thought that's really what I wanted. And I was devastated when it didn't go. And now I'm so glad it didn't because if I had to do fucking jokes about Donald Trump for right. four years, I, I was – I like. God bless the people who can do it because it's hard. It's really, really hard. You know, I worked on Yearly Departed two years and last year we had to do, you know, we had to write two endings for the show if Donald Trump got elected and if he didn't get elected, right? And I remember being like, I hate this. I hate having to write jokes about this man. It's so challenging. It's so hard. The news was so depressing. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Like it was just hard. Right. And so in hindsight, it's like if my show had gone – which I'm sure I would have made the best of it, but it's hard to take what's happening in the news and write jokes about it. And like going through that process and going through Decoded for five years on a hundred something episodes, it really told me like, I'm glad that I had this experience, but I don't want to do that anymore. I want to do stuff that's pure comedy, maybe also has some identity and and deeper meaning, but I want to have fun. Yes. I don't want to be I don't want to be the punching bag. Yes. I don't want to be the person who's supposed to process the news for you because it's yes. really hard when you know, something happens and everyone's like, well, well, well what's your take on it? You're like, like, I don't know. I I didn't go to school for political science. Like, I, like I can't, I can't stay up on everything in that way. Right. And like, it's, it was like very draining of for course, you. You did so many episodes of Decoded and uh, so much so of, of, many. of the Nightly Show. I mean, like. And, and it, again, like I even think watching people who left Daily Show and had their own shows, like I I can't speak for John Oliver or Sam B, but like they're doing one night a week. And part of me thinks, I wonder if it's because they did that five day a week grind. Right. Yeah. And they saw like how freaking hard it was. And they're like, you know what I'm going to do? One night so I can pick the best topics from the right. week. Yeah. Rather than, again, like this was during the, I was working there during the election. Something would happen. And you'd, you know, write the show and then Donald Trump would tweet something in the afternoon and then you'd have to throw out the whole show because now we have to talk about what Donald Trump said. Oh, my God. Or you would go on Twitter and somebody would have the joke that is in the cold open. It's just like, shit, they're going to think we stole this joke. Yeah. Because there's a whole day of people just sitting around making jokes and you're like, I got to come up with a fresh take on this thing that happened. Right. Um, And so, again, at the time when my show didn't go, I was like, I'm so sad. I'm yeah. the worst, blah, blah, blah. Right. And now I'm like, I'm glad it didn't go because that was not what I was supposed to be doing. I mean, yeah. it, just even hearing about that, just thinking about that, like, did you have any, did you just work all the time? Did you have oh any balance in your life? I was basically working seven days a week because I was doing the show and then uh, doing nightly show. And I was a writer and I was on camera. So you know, there were some days that I had to be there a lot earlier and some days I had to stay later. Maybe yeah. I had a fitting or I had a, you know, um, a field piece that I had to tape that was going to go up the next day. Yeah. And then I was shooting Decoded on the weekends. Um, and I was also doing, I had a podcast with my ex-husband at the time. So we were doing that. And like, I was also doing speaking gigs. 
I was, <laughs> I was working so, so much. And I was also going to the freaking gym three days a week at like 7 a.m. before I went to fucking work. Like I was just work, 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 yeah. work. And so again, I don't regret it, but the way I approach my work now is a lot more leisurely. Like I don't, I say no to a lot of jobs. I don't answer work emails on the weekend. Like I tell my team I'm not fucking doing it. Yeah. Um, if I take time off, I'm I'm really not on social media as much anymore. I have like I take months breaks away from social so that I can focus on projects or just work on myself. Um, when I am back on social, all my social is at an hour time limit. I'm like, I'm not gonna be on here answering every comment. I'm not gonna be on here reading what everybody says about what I'm doing or what I should be doing. I think this is such an important topic that I kind of want to give it its own segment. So we're going to take a little break and we'll be right back. Lady! Can I give you a real incentive to lean into your decision to start working out and eating better? I'm Carl, co-founder of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll give you 65% off. Look, I know it's not easy to get fit and lose weight, especially if you're trying to figure it out by yourself, but we make it simple. Just follow a program for 20 to 30 minutes day by day and lose 5 to 10 pounds a month. We have over 120 programs that have been tested and proven to work, and almost 300,000 five-star reviews in the App Store to prove it. Body also has complete eating plans and thousands of healthy, delicious recipes. So stop guessing and start seeing results with Body, and I'll give you 65% off your annual membership right now so you save big on the app that CNN underscored named Best Fitness App. So don't wait. Sign up for a year of Body and save 65%. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I dot com. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. 
Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And we're back. And this is something that I know Anna's really been struggling with lately. And I definitely, I very much have had lack of balance in my life. And Mm -hmm. in a weird way, the pandemic and the divorce gave me more balance in a strange way than I've ever had. But talking about burnout. Yeah. And so you were going over, would you mind just saying a few, so you don't take, you don't do any work emails on the weekend. No, this is, this is a new thing. I've been doing this for like three or four months Okay. It's, you know, here's the thing. I am, one, so thankful for my therapist. Shout out to her. I wish she got commission every time I mentioned her. Yeah. Because homegirl stays in my group chats, in my meetings. Like, I talk about her all the time. But... I started go I went to her I started going to her right before the book came out because I was so stressed and so worried about like what are people going to say and what's going to happen. It's hard. Yeah, I was really terrified. And so a lot of my relationship with her has been working through balance, work-life balance, um negative self-talk and and like letting the internet be too much of a deciding factor in my happiness and my productivity. What does your brain tell you when it's mean to you? I mean, I like I am really good at internalizing things that other people have said about me, like the things that I wouldn't have entered my mind. But then I see someone else say it and then I'm like, wait, maybe they are true. Right. (laughs) I start like building these negative ideas about myself Um, and also just uh, letting I have anxiety and like letting my anxiety get in the way of my productivity almost as like a coping mechanism where like I'll put things off to the very last minute and then when it's not good, I can blame, well, I didn't have enough time and that's why it wasn't good. That's why it didn't work out (laughs) instead of just like doing it when I should have. And a large part of that was just like dicking around on social media, reading what everybody was saying. And that really stood out to me. I wanted, again, because I'm a good pupil, (laughs) I like to be there, but like, you know, it really struck me was the the jealousy stuff. And And then that like, Somebody said, look at your work like a contract you have with yourself. Mm-hmm. Getting auditions is work. Posting videos is work. Even if you don't get the job or go viral, you've still met the conditions of your contract. Yep. And then you were saying, but most, a lot of the time you're going about your career all wrong. Instead of hating, you should have been studying. And I learned that from a girl I was very jealous of. Yeah. She had a career that I really wanted. And I, I met her at a party and I was being cordial and friendly, but inside I was seething like this fucking bitch. <laughs> She's yeah. so successful. And, and this is also coming out of you talking about procrastinating just, just to like yeah. circle it and like with your anxiety and it felt like you'd be nervous about auditions. I get anxiety. Yeah. I have a lot of anxiety with auditions and stuff like that. So there's certain things I've built in. I have to hire somebody to run them 15 times. Like I have to just get it on the books because I will also self-sabotage in oh, a way yeah. where I'll just be unprepared. But um, uh, yeah, Anna and I were talking about that, like of of learning to – like push away from the table with both hands a little bit to social media of mm-hmm. like so that you're not feeding yourself. You're stealing your own time. Well, it's the thing I liked about what this girl said to me, this idea of like making a contract with yourself, and this has been really game changing for me, is setting goals for yourself that are fully within your control. If you are setting out to win an Oscar, right? Like there are tons of talented, successful people that don't have Oscars. You cannot you know, put yourself in a situation where you are going to win an Oscar. But if you say, I'm going to, you know, write 
a movie or I'm going to make a short film with my friends or I'm going to make sure I'm off book for the audition. You can make sure you do that. You can't navigate. You can't decide if you book the audition. You can't decide if the movie gets sold for $100,000 or X amount of dollars or whatever. Similarly to you get an audition, you can make sure that you're ready and prepared and you, you know, set up your backdrop the best way possible, learn how to get your lighting right, whatever it is. And so I had been thinking about my career as in like, well, if I don't get the New York Times bestseller, I'm a failure. If I don't get SNL, if my pilot doesn't go to series, I'm a failure instead of going like, I wrote a whole ass book. Like most people don't do that. That's amazing. I got the opportunity to shoot a pilot. Like I, you know, I tried different characters. I did a song. I did whatever it was. Um, And it was, again, really eye-opening meeting somebody who I thought she has it all. Her life is amazing. Her career is amazing. And then I met her and she was like, no, girl, this is a lot of fucking work. I work my ass off. And when I was honest with myself, I had to admit that I wasn't working as hard as I could have. I was spending more time thinking about how this girl was getting opportunities that I should have had instead of fucking doing the work to try and get the opportunities myself. I love that because you have a full plate. And like, I know one thing Anna and I have talked a lot on the podcast and we're talking about in real life, like. Anna's Anna's work has really, I mean, you can speak for yourself, but during the pandemic, yeah, it's like having a hard time. She's having a hard time with like with balance. Yeah, yeah. No, it's been. I mean, a, what do you what are you finding that you're struggling the most with? I think I I struggle to say no because Oof. I feel like it. Like I I mean I talked about this with Arden before, but like I am always like okay, like my career is like taking off. I'm doing well, but I'm working a lot. But if I say no to something, am I potentially turning down an opportunity that could further my career. I yeah. have that. I'm constantly I, in a loop with that. Oof, I, t- I hear you 1000% because I've had that too. The thing that has been really freeing for me is kind of planning like what's the big thing I want to work towards yeah. so that I can use that as a funnel. When something comes in, I can say, you know what? I don't think this is leading me towards the thing that I really want. What is the big thing right now? Right now, my big thing is I want an overall deal. Yeah, and so you'll get it. I mean, and I'm I I have two shows in development at two competing uh, streamers. Oh, nice. You know, like so, and they're 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 big projects. Woo-hoo! So I'm kind of like, okay, we'll see where those go, and if those don't go go, I'm gonna you know go back to staffing on a show. I have like features in development, mm-hmm. right? So when things come in, whether it be like a brand deal for some app, and I'm like, mm, that's not getting me towards that overall deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's gonna be a no for me, right? Yeah, yeah. And so like you have to kind of sit down and really think about what is the dream situation for you. What is so that you can say like. This is a cool and 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 the other thing too is like when you say no to something, something I really like to do is I like to say this isn't the right fit for me, but I'd love to recommend someone if you're open yeah. to it. Oh, that's smart. Because it's a nice way to stay ingratiated with the person, but it's also just like good karma to hand it off to somebody that you know. Yeah. And it keeps the door open cuz it says to them it's not that you don't like them or you think their work is bad. And and most people I found are really um appreciative when you give a gracious pass where you're like, you know what? I'm actually taking the next month off from this kind of stuff. This sounds really cool though. Um, Can I get back? Can I look through my, my little Rolodex and give you some names? Yeah. In my experience, people are like really happy. And I I can't tell you how many friends have been like, holy shit out of the blue, I got this job. And they were like, oh yeah, Francesca is the person that said 
That's awesome. We should call you. Yeah. You know, it might be a good way to think about some of these opportunities yeah. so you're not you're not shooting yourself in the foot. Like another thing is going to come. Right. Your career is not going to go away tomorrow just because you say no to something. Yeah. Yeah. I need to do that more. A couple of years ago, I was, I mean, I still, it's, it's not great, but I, I, I realized like, well, it's when I, I started, I was touring a lot doing stand up. Yeah. And I realized like, I was like, oh, is my ladder on the right? Like my goal was never to be. Stand up was never the number one thing for mm -hmm. me, and then, but then I was like out of town a lot, so I would miss auditions. Mm -hmm. But then, like, and then people would stop thinking of you because you're gone a lot, and it's like, is my ladder on the right wall? Like, and I don't know. It was there's just something sort of re like assessing like what what's like what's the big dream? Like what like what and and being willing to be like okay, well, I'm chasing this because it's guaranteed income, mm -hmm. but like, am I willing to bet on myself? I have not missed it since and I've been able to pay for my life. And, and like, also what kind of life do you want, right? Yeah. Where it's like, okay, uh, you're making money, you're you're finding success. But if you work all the time, do you even get to enjoy the success yeah. that you have? Are you getting – are you – out to dinner with your friends and in being present or are you thinking about work the whole time, right? Are you mm -hmm. at a show and you're like watching the show and enjoying it? Or are you thinking about your emails, right? It's like, what is the quality of life that you want to have? Yeah. And saying, no, the world is not going to end if you say, hey, I don't answer emails after 6 p.m., right? right? Or like, hey, it's the weekend. I have a little autoresponder. Thanks for your email. I check my emails on Monday. I love that. Or I'm like, do that. I love or if that. you, you know, if you need to reach me, talk to my reps. I like yeah. that. that. That was a big one for me where it's like, just put it on there. Like, I love that. I don't deal with this. You guys handle it. I got an assistant. There's a number of things where I'm like, oh, you do this. I, I love do this. that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and give yourself permission. Not, I promise you, like you're, you are, you will stay housed. You will stay fed. You will yeah. have, still have clothes on your back, you know, and that is a luxury. Like that is a privilege. Mm -hmm. There are lots of people that are not in that situation. And so you kind of have to remind yourself like to be in a position to say no to work is a huge privilege yeah. and you deserve and you've earned the time off in order to work on yourself and do stuff that has nothing to do with work. Yeah, you're right. I know. I need to work on that. I will say I did tell people I wouldn't respond to emails before 8.30 in the morning anymore. I like that. It's like, leave me alone in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Well, and yeah. then also somebody else will get the job. Somebody else will be psyched and get the yeah. job. I, You know, sometimes I try to think about also being like proactive, not reactive, because mm. I get so... I get there's certain crazy makers that when they text me or email me that like really rattle me. And then and then it makes anybody that sends like the phrase ASAP. It's like nothing is ASAP. Like mm -hmm. anything. With, it just it has like an effect on my body. I start, okay. you know, but like that the people that are the ASAP people. You know, it's like just because somebody else, somebody else's ASAP is their problem. Mm -hmm. I know I'm responsible. An emergency on your your part is not, not an emergency. It's not on my, my problem. Mm -hmm. So, like proactive. So I try to on the. I haven't been doing it as much lately, but I when I do, I have better days. One thing that has helped me try to navigate my own anxiety and my own people pleasingness and trying to not go against myself is like writing out the day in advance or the week in advance as if it's already happened so that I'm charting the course of the day mm -hmm. so that I don't throw my whole day out if somebody, some ASAP person, yeah. so, like 
that it's almost like on an airplane, like me first, then you, if you travel with a child with the oxygen <laughs> mask, but that like, you're allowed to have the more success you get, the more requests you're going to get because you're, you're, I, lo- I mean, I love working with you. are such a great podcast producer. I'm proud of you because you've recently asked for more help, like that you don't have to do everything alone, but like, you're going to have more and more people pulling at your shirt. And so it's like, maybe even the phrase of like, let me get back to you on that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That is actually the one thing I do still struggle with. I ha- I now have two people working for me, but I struggle to, I don't, like, I want to, like, give off work. And then I'm like, am I being rude asking them to do this for me? Right. <laughs> this is their job. I know, but I'm still getting over that hump of being the person who does the work for someone else to being the person in charge to being like, I'm so sorry to ask you. Well, that's lit- they, and I they come it. to me and they're like, do you want me to do that? And I'm like. Oh my yeah. God, yes. Oh. I also think, I will say though, I think that that is conditioning as women. Yeah. Like this idea that we're supposed to be nurturers and we're supposed to handle everything. Yeah. Because I had that same problem of like not wanting to pass off things to my my reps or, um, or you know, my assistant where I'm like, I'm paying this person. This is right, their yeah. job. Or in this instance, they work for you, yeah. right? Like you need to give them things to do. It gives yeah. them este- esteemable acts of like, hey, I did, you know, like. Yeah. yeah. And like they, th- your success is their success in a way, especially because they work for you. And so like, and giving yourself credit to say like, I hired people who are capable and mm-hmm. talented and they can handle this. And if they can't handle it, they'll tell me and we'll go from there, yeah. you know? But, and I get it. Like it's something that you have to, really set your intentions on and being like, this is a thing that I'm going to work on. This is a thing I'm going to get better at. And it's not just you. It's yeah. it's a lot of people. I found yeah. myself, one, saying this to myself, but also saying this to my friends. And I do think the pandemic for me has been perspective shifting in that way, thinking about like where I put my time, yeah. who I invest my time with. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like every time you leave the house, could this be the time I get COVID? Right. Do I really <laughs> yeah. want to do this? Right. Yeah. Do That's I right. really want to spend time with these people? Right. right? And so um, really, I think that, you know, tennis bringing us together has been oh, really fun. And it's yeah. like, like saying like, oh, this is a fun, enriching thing yes. where, I mean, look, we never talk about work at tennis. No. no. I don't know what the people. No. I love it. I don't know what any of these people do. <laughs> no. I love it. I like making up ideas. I love guessing. I just. I'm obsessed with all the, all the strangers. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed. Actually, it's great. Our coach said something really funny, which was we were like trying to make him tell us people's names because he has nicknames for everyone and he said that's not the point you come here to like be a different person and forget mm-hmm. your life and I you can be that. whoever you want here and I was like he's right it's so true yeah. oh my god what's your nickname what did he call you he, I actually don't have a nickname I don't have I don't have a nickname either oh, yeah. I'm I'm private Benjamin he thinks oh. I look like 1970s Goldie Hawn and he goes <laughs> oh yeah. and he goes come on private Benjamin and then I go reporting for duty <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I haven't got a nickname yet yeah, I mean, something that we talked about uh, in our love for tennis is having hobbies that we're not monetizing. Yeah, and I think no matter who you are, anything you do, you yeah. you draw a doodle, and people are like, "You should make a book." And yeah, like, yeah, I'm yes. never gonna be at the U.S. Open center court. Yeah, may or will I? <laughs> or I'm shooting towards it. I mean, who knows? You could, but there is something really nice about. Yeah. Okay, this is just. Fun. Yes. It's just for me. And I, the community aspect also. You know, yes. I, I, I moved here during the pandemic and I I have very much 
leaned into or I'm trying to lean into cultivating my relationships, which is like why I'm so glad you and I was so honored. Arden literally said to me like, hey, I would love for us to be friends. Yes. And I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> I felt like I, I don't watch The Bachelor, but I was like, is this what it feels like to get a rose? Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm it, learning how to do it. But it's it. But I think the pandemic for me yeah. made me have this moment of like, man, who, who am I thinking about? Like, oh man, I haven't talked to this person in a long time. And if something happened to them, I'd feel terrible because I haven't talked to them in X amount of years, right? Like, how do I put some time on the calendar that we always catch up versus wasting time on people that I don't really love and enjoy? You've made me feel less alone, too, because... because we both have BDE, big divorce energy. But like, you know, I, you know, we were both married for a long time and we're both mm-hmm. now single. I've mm-hmm. never dated before. And yeah. so it feels nice like we text each other and it just makes it feel more almost like not in a bad way, but kind of almost more of a game. Like, like it feels less personal. Like, oh, I had a date, maybe it didn't go great. Mm-hmm. Or like I had a date and it was great. But like, does somebody just sort of check in with? And I know like, like my friend is out there doing it too and she's taking a healthy yeah. risk and like, just and again, like I know, like just like some of like, oh, I had a fun one, or oh, this wasn't so good. But like, it feels nice to not be alone because on that journey, like that's yeah. that the the beauty of community. Oh yeah, absolutely. And for me, like being new to Los Angeles, like it is especially during a pandemic. There's yeah. and and Los Angeles is a lonely city. It's so I yeah. I, I so. now when I first moved here. <laughs> I had everything in the world. I moved here with a sitcom. I knew no one. Mm-hmm. So I had, on paper, I had everything I wanted. And I I, I cried every day. I was, yeah. I didn't have any friends. It was before, like, any of the, like, UCB wasn't, like, things didn't mm-hmm. exist like that. And it was like, I had, I got everything I thought I wanted. And I realized, I will say this, it does show you the outward success. I had everything on paper I thought I wanted, and I'd never been sadder in my life. Yeah. You know, L.A., just like laughing with a girlfriend at the end of the day. Like, even if I didn't book an audition, I had $3 in the bank. We would, you know, watch TV and have a laugh and maybe have a drink or whatever, like a snack. Like, just when you don't have that in your day-to-day life, you know, L.A., you're like, where do I go? Like, where are the seasons? What is this? Yeah, everyone's spread out. It's kind of siloed. And I was even saying today, I had lunch with a friend and they were, you know, I moved here from New York. I was in New York for 11 years. And they said, do you miss New York? And I said, no, I don't miss New York. But sometimes I miss like the community of New York where like you ride the train and I don't know that person, but we always ride the train at the same time. And so we always like say, hey, what's up? Like we're obviously on the same schedule, right? Or I come home late from a party and like the old lady sitting on my stoop is like, okay, girl, you're looking good. Where you been? And I'm like, hey. The deli guy, the deli guy, your deli guy. Exactly. You come in and they're like, oh, you got a haircut. And I'm like, yeah. "Yeah, yeah." And I don't know this person. Mm -hmm. But like we just feel like we're all part of the same community because we all live in the neighborhood. And I don't have that in L.A. I have never seen my neighbors. Right. There's some people because I have a dog. Like so we see each other walking dogs. But it's I go days where I don't see anyone. I will say that I remember reading an article like when the pandemic hit and they were saying one of the like things because it's it's hard on everyone. But Mm -hmm. like they were saying one of the things that like is not fully acknowledged is all the lady on the stoop, the guy at the deli, like this stuff that you take for granted, something you're not going to call. Yeah. But that that is actually a very big part of who you are and reminds Mm -hmm. you who you are. Were you lonely when you moved to L.A.? 
Anna? Well, I just graduated college. So yeah, all my friends, I was the only friend who went to LA because I'm from Northern California and I went to UC Davis. Everyone else went to the Bay Area right. to work and I moved to LA by myself and it was like, I didn't know anyone. And you just have to like establish yourself. Making friends as an adult is, is hard. hard. Yeah. It is really hard. Um, you don't know the first kiss. You don't know like <laughs> yeah. all this stuff. Well, you don't know the stuff about somebody's family. You yeah. don't know like, mm-hmm. you know, the bad haircut you had. You, you miss all that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it really has been an exercise in putting myself out there. And again, that's why I I was so flattered when you were like, hey, I would love to be friends. I'd love to hang out. And I'm trying to take that initiative too. And kind of what you were saying about the connection, the pandemic, it's like, you know, when you're at the coffee shop and somebody compliments your shoes and you end up talking to them and you're like, oh yeah, I had a great day. I'm realizing like, oh, I miss dressing up and going places. Sure. Spending all day in pajamas and forgetting like how nice it is to put a cute outfit on and yeah. do your makeup and all those things. And so pushing myself to do that again has been really, really nice, um, but exhausting in a it's way hard. of like, oh, damn, I spent two years in the house and I'm tired when, I, we, when I'm when i social. No, now. we are all, we were just saying, uh, we are all not quite at 100. No. Like we are all, to be really, like it presents normal, it looks externally, but like- yeah. Just have the compassion. I'll just speak for myself. Mm-hmm. There's like, we've been through some stuff and like. And we're still going through it, some yeah, stuff. Yeah. And there's like a little bit yeah. of like a slight walking wound, almost mm-hmm. like a low grade fever. Mm-hmm. Like there's something a little. And that's honestly why I love tennis so much. And we should also say to our listeners this is not bougie. This is in like a rec center <laughs> that the bathroom, the first time I used the bathroom, there was blood all over the walls. <laughs> oh our incredible coach has like gigantic McDonald's containers and he wears the same sweatsuit every day. We love him but this is not like we're not going to the Bel Air for that's what no, I love no. about not it the club yeah. you can rent the court <laughs> oh, for yeah. eight dollars well eight I didn't dollars. realize how lucky we were in that oh. respect because when oh. I told my friend in New York it's eight bucks to rent the court eight she's like in New York it's like a hundred something dollars what? what about in like the what? park well I think I think one I don't know this for certain but we were theorizing that because of the seasons changing mm. there's right. probably more demand to keep the oh. one to keep the courts like in right. good condition, right? Because they the have to snow. they have to take care of it in the winter. Right. And then like they have a very small amount of time where people can use them. So there's like right. high demand. Um, and then it's n- not like here where in, in New York City, like you're on top of each other. There's not a lot of places to put a freaking right. tennis court. <laughs> it's not going to be like here where there's tons of tennis courts you're available. Right, you're there's right. There's like a few of yeah. them and there's only like limited amount and everybody wants to use them. So, yeah, we're very, very fortunate uh, here. And the fun of I feel like, again, I just I feel like the community of. So I just I just go all the time and it's been like pushing through fears of old narratives of like I could work out, but I'm not an athlete. It's like, yes, I am. I'm an athlete. I can hold my own. I'm allowed to be there even if I have a bad day. And like learning all the personalities, I can like learning to deal with sometimes guys that can be bullies, mm. like aggro, like that's not my problem. And like standing up to people and say, don't talk to me that way. And like it's it's practicing the stuff that is my own things in real time in a way that it doesn't fully matter. Mm-hmm. It's not 
It's not a work site. It's yeah. not my personal life. I get to practice in the world of these tennis clinics with strangers who are now becoming acquaintances, some of whom are friends. Mm-hmm. Like, I get to learn how to navigate and stand up to people and stand up the bully in my own head about yeah. myself of, like, these old ideas. And I get strong and become a champion. I love that when I'm playing tennis, I'm not thinking about everything else. You can't. You, you can't. can't. It's you meditative. Just, yes. You just have to focus on the ball. Mm-hmm. You can't and check your email. You cannot ooh, check a text. Let mm-hmm. me tell you, one of the best things I ever did for myself was turn off all the notifications on my phone. Oh, yeah. I had a friend who said to me, if the alien invasion happens, no one's going to fucking text you about it. They're going to call you. They're not going to send you an email. It's not going to be yeah. a tweet. And as soon as I turn all my shit off and I just like check it every once in a while, to your point, when you're on the court, yeah. you don't know what is happening in your email. Mm-hmm. You're not looking at the New York Times alert. You're not thinking about that. You're one, you don't want to get hit by the ball. Yeah. And two, you want to yeah. hit it back. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that has been, I didn't realize how badly I needed that because I could have a bad day and when you come to tennis no one's like how was work they're just like hey yeah yeah. oh my god love your sneakers let's go whose team are you on we're all just like we're in it we're present no one is thinking about like did Mm -hmm. you book the audition no 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 No. how dare you you want yes you can be I can be private Benjamin reporting for duty do you want a nickname Oh, I don't care. He called me footwork for a while. That's good. But I then like footwork. it kind of fell off because my footwork's a little all over the place. Some of the guys call me visor because I always have a visor. They're like, oh, come yeah. on, visor. You got it, visor. Yeah. Oh, my God. And to that point, love. I love a look. I love, I love a look. It's fun. I love a look. We were just texting. I love the fact that a look can be so cute, but you're also like a warrior. Like it's such a tough. Mm-hmm. It's like you're in battle, but you look. You look like you're like you're going to the club. Yeah, and yes. that's the best thing about tennis, though. Is also you don't need. You can have a look. Yes, oh, a look. You can wear whatever you want. Yeah. But like, I, oh, your your looks are. Tight. I've been so into it. Tight. You know what I mean? Like one thing I'm gonna do is be overdressed. Thank like, you. I, That's I, my new friend. That's where I saw her. Yeah. That's my friend. You know what I mean? Preaching to the choir. If I'm somewhere, I want people to be like, who is that? That is how That's I, the energy I want to bring. That is yeah. how you caught me in. I'm like, look at her. Look at her eyeliner. Oh. I didn't even know. And she was like, be cool. That's fucking Francesca. Like, Let me tell you. I Shout out to my mom. Because oh. when I was a kid, I remember being so annoyed that my mother would be so anal about you know you gotta have polish on the nails don't you don't want to have a bra strap showing like I would get in the car for school my mom be like you better turn back around (laughs) you're not wearing that to school and I was just like why why is she always like this and now as an adult I'm like oh this is why because like it does feel really nice to be minding my own business and somebody is just like, I'm sorry, that blouse is <laughs> everything. By and the I'm way, like, I know it is, girl. That's why I got it on. Like, can I just yeah. say, the one you, what you're yeah. wearing today is everything. I mean, look, it's a podcast, but I'm still going to serve it up. <laughs> what is it? Tell me, where is it from? Um, The shirt is Ran- Rachel Antonoff. It's yes. a bunch of, it looks a bunch like of a good, snakes. Yeah. It's Hot. like a little little halter top. And then you have a, you have, what do they uh, call those? High-waisted. A trouser. Uh, uh, high-waisted. A paper bag. A paper waist. A paper, wa- a paper, wa- paper, wa- paper. Oh, 
Yes. Well, and I'm doing this new thing. Yes. I think I told you that I am only shopping secondhand Love. this nice. year. Are Good those both you. secondhand? Poshmark, baby. Oh. This is not sponsored, hey. but it should be. Okay. I- I I love it. It makes yeah. me feel like I'm like I'm having like an Indiana Jones moment where I'm like excavating and I'm like I'm gonna find that fucking Temple of Doom. Like yeah. if I if there's an item I want, I'm gonna find it secondhand. How long have you been doing that? Um, I'm going on month four. Uh-huh. But uh, it's my plan for the whole year. Sticking it. What did you wear to my holiday party? Ooh, I wore a pair of sequined Millie pants. Yes, that were second. Hand. Thank you. Um, and a black turtleneck. Yes. And a, a little pink clutch, a little pop of color. You had yeah. a Rachel Antonoff jumpsuit at my holiday <gasps> party. Didn't you wear that velvet jumpsuit to my holiday party? I didn't wear it to your holiday party, but I definitely got that. Ooh, she oh, had a lot of cute jumpsuits. She yeah. got herself I, I waited for the sale. I got the green one with the uh, mallards on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have the, I have like the purple one with like the little leopard spots yeah. on it. See, I waited until there was a sale and I was like, I have to. Oh yeah, oh, I no, got I'm a dress. The same way. Yeah, the, the dress I wore last oh, summer yeah. in Rhode Island. I waited till there was a sale, and then I got the I extra. I remember you talking 15%. about it. Fifteen percent. I couldn't. I'm not going to pay four hundred dollars for a yes. gingham dress. But I waited till there was a sale, and then yeah. I was the new customer, so I got the extra fifteen percent off. And then <laughs> they had the crisscross back, like a darling yes. little, little, <laughs> little. You know, Queen Anne's lace sprouting yes. from the fields, <laughs> like a phoenix covered in covered in gingham rising from the ashes. Yes. Oh my God. Well, for, do you have any final questions for your for the person I saw you oh, freak man. out for at the most? Oh my that gosh. was funny because you were like, "Wow, she was nice," and Miles and I were like, <laughs> "She was nice, <laughs> Arden." That was Francesca. Oh, Rick. Like we were like, oh. "Be cool." <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. when we got in the Uber, like. Do you even know who you were speaking? Yeah, that how dare so I got funny. fully schooled. And Matt was like, tell you. we got her phone number. I was, by the way, I know. That was also me being like, you guys are cool. Let's yeah. exchange numbers. Thank God. We were Thank so God. excited. Thank God. If I had not been schooled, like if I was, I wouldn't, we wouldn't be sitting here because I'm such a weirdo and I'm like, <laughs> so like, I'm grateful that I was not fully aware that a queen was in my breast. I, I mean, I knew, but it was clear because I was drawn to her like a moth to a fly. I mean, I was clearly like there was a lot of cool beautiful people. Well, also remember this was like in the summer we had July. all gotten vaccinated. Oh, yeah. we, this was like the first time oh, being outside. Little yeah. did we know that we were only going to have like two weeks of it. Yes. But <laughs> yeah. that was the we moment ran. where we were all like it's over. Yeah. We made it. Yeah. Yes. Everybody was hugging and That's when yeah. Biden so ripped his mask off. He's like take it off. Oh yeah. Oh, we were that was like a rare moment where we felt like oh my god light oh. at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah now we're always like, when's the next wave? <laughs> yeah, ride that wave, baby. Oh, my God. Uh, it's like, plan it quick because you never know when the next one's coming. Yes. That's like how we live now. Exactly. Are we rushing Omicron or Delta? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Is there any final words of wisdom that you feel these ladies need to know or anybody listening to live their best lives and get the, f- or just learn how to ignore the voice in their head or balance or whatever, anything. Well, you know, this is, I've talked about this so many times. I'm reading this book called Fierce Self-Compassion. Thank you. And it has been such a game changer. But one of the exercises was think about when you have a friend going through a difficult time, 
how you show up and support them. And then think about how you talk to yourself when you're going through a difficult time. And the stark difference between the way that we care for our friends. Mm -hmm. And it's different with our family, right? Because your friends are a chosen family. Yes. We show up for them. We give them all this love and compassion. We we validate their fears, but we also remind them how great and special they are and how talented and hardworking they are. And then when we're going through something, we're like, I'm the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I will leave you with the with the thought of like try to show up for yourself the way that you show up for your friends, even if it's just talking to yourself. The book has all these exercises where you have to like hug yourself and say like I'm allowed to be sad. I'm allowed to have hard days. Even champions have bad days. Even champions. Even champions. Even champions sometimes miss the goal. Even Beyonce has haters. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) you just gotta remind yourself like you are okay, right? right? Even Beyonce has haters, and I wow. it has crazy people. <laughs> They're wrong, but just the re- but just the reminder that like everybody oh. has those days, and everybody has to like work through their fears yes. has been so like earth shattering for me. Um, and so, yeah, I encourage you to just try and. Before you dive into that negative self-talk, be like, would I let my friend talk to themselves this way? Oh, my God. Um, And then show up for yourself the way you show up for your friends. Can I just say, I feel like our friendship (laughs) really got even closer today. (laughs) Anna, do you feel like you made a friend today? I did. Hey, I'm going to ask my final question. What did you do to be a champion this week? What did you push through healthy risk? What was a champion move on your part? Um, well, you know, I did go to tennis three days this week. Ah. And I and I really on Monday, I don't know what got into me, but I was crushing it you on were? Monday. Okay. I was like, I I I like I turned a corner. Mm-hmm. I was just in mm-hmm. the zone. It was yes. really, really great. And um it just makes me excited to see myself getting better at yes. something. Um and something that's just for me. It feels really nice. What did you do to become a champion this week, Anna? I I do felt I played Monday was a good tennis night. Monday I felt we good crushed it. because I remember you saying I'm exhausted running back and forth from live ball because you kept getting into like the other winner side. Yep. And yeah, and I was like, yeah, it feels good because you feel that exhaustion. And you're like, oh, I keep going back and forth, but that's a good thing. That mm-hmm. means I'm staying in the game. Yeah, that's fun. You want to know what I did to become a champion? Yes. yes. So I'm helping. You know, I love design, and I'm helping my brother. Um, he has my parents' house in Rhode Island, and I'm helping him re sort of like zhuzh it up a little and. So we're redoing the kids' bathroom, which was our bathroom, and um, I'm the designer, and I talked to Sakonet, the guy at Sakonet Plumbing, the head of the plumbing, and um, he's like, no, you know, you got, you can't have three hands. It's, like, it's not up to Rhode Island code. And I, so I sent off a bunch of emails with my brother dealing with, like, Rhode Island code stuff and, like, you know, talking about valves and codes. And, yeah. like, my brother was like, that is so cool. Like, you're talking to plumbers about Rhode Island state code <laughs> and that this this valve isn't up to code, but this valve is code. And, like, I and I held my own and he, he, he didn't talk down to me. And it was Ooh. like, it was good talking to you. And, like, I talked code and valves <laughs> with Rhode Island plumbers and I felt like a champion. Oh. That's awesome. 
I talk oh. about Iowa State plumbing code. Oh my God. Wait, one more thing. My, yeah. Uh, shout out to my therapist. My therapist encouraged me to make what's called a wins jar. Yeah. And so every time you have a win, you write it down on a card and you put it in that jar. Oh. And then when you're having a bad day, you just pick one out of the jar <gasps> and you're like, oh shit. Oh and God. I would tell you to put that in that wins jar. Rhode Island State code. Yeah, because I'm going to. that because was big. A month from now, when you're having a bad day, oh. you're not going to remember that like little yes. thing. Yeah. And yeah. then yeah. when you open it, you're like, oh, right. Yeah. Um, can I just oh, say another awesome. thing that maybe thing and we'll end? I promise listeners will end. Okay, so Stephen Falk, who's a showrunner, um, he and I developed a show together that did not sell, but we were, tried to sell it. And he was saying that, like, when he gets nervous for stuff or if every meeting he has, every pitch, like, like, sometimes he gets nervous. But he actually afterwards takes his hand and pats himself on the back Aww. after he leaves and says, like, good job, buddy. Like, yes. And he literally does a good job after, like, a pitch meeting. Like, it doesn't necessarily mean that you made the, it's like you made the contract with yourself. Yeah. But then at the end of the cut, he gives himself, like, a, he gives himself a good job, buddy, like a physical pat on the back. So, what was the positive jar again? The wind jar. The wind so jar. We have wind jar. We have the we have the like be kind be kind to yourself like you would to a friend the same compassion that you would treat a friend show up for yourself mm-hmm. and we have the pat on the back. I, I love feel that. like that's a really successful go friendship tennis team podcast. <laughs> what would you like to promote, Francesca? Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me all over social media as Cheska Lee C H E S C A L E I G H, and I don't have anything to promote right now. You I'm just kind of in this fun little holding pattern as I wait. To to see what the fate of my projects is. But you know what? It's it's a good place to be. I feel very fortunate. Well, do yourself awesome. a favor if you haven't read my friend's book and order yourself a copy of uh, Well That Escalated Quickly, Memoirs and Mistakes of an Accidental Activist. It's a beautiful book and you will be so glad that you read it. Um, where can people find you, Dr. Banana? I'm just at Anna Hosnia. I'm at Arda Marine, M-Y-R-I-N. We got some nice reviews. We appreciate when you guys review us. It really helps us if you subscribe and like us on uh, Apples and uh, Apples, you know, the Apples Apples to Apples podcast. And here's a few that we got. Anna, here's one. Five stars from Naughty Kitty 245. Loved the episode. More, please. Is a fan of Will You Accept This Road podcast. I was looking forward to this new project and I was not disappointed. Loved the first interview with Joan Jett and the amount of love and support exhibited exhibited was truly amazing in the interview. Oh, that's so nice. That was a great episode. Yeah. And I think it's like, I think one of the things I'm proud of is I feel like you know, we're all doing the best we can, but we try to have like love and support with, within the podcast. And hopefully this feels like a safe community. So if you guys like it at home, please also leave a review. All right. Until next time, my name is Arden Marine. Goodbye. Ladies. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.